What is your name? Harold. Harold Chasen. Oh, how do you do? I'm Dame Marjorie Chardin, but you may call me Maud. How do you do? Nice to meet you. Well, thank you. I think we're going to be great friends, don't you? Can I give you a lift out? No, thank you. I have my own car. Well, I must be off. We shall have to meet again. Uh. Tell me, do you dance? Pardon me? Do you sing and dance? Uh, no. Uh, no. I thought not. to watch, Eve. What do you mean, you like to watch? I like to watch. I am Don Hall. And this is Don Smith. And this is the I Like to Watch podcast, podcast yet another podcast about film. Um, if you've been listening, you know what we're doing, so I'm not going to bother explaining to you this week. Rock and roll. This, uh, this, this, uh, on this lovely day, the choice was mine, and the movie that I like to watch is Hal Ashby's Harold and Maude. I'll give you the synopsis because Donnie likes to give synopsis, and so I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll stay in, you know, let's, you know. So Harold and Maude is a 1971 American coming-of-age black comedy slash drama directed by Hal Ashby and released by Paramount Pictures. It incorporates elements of dark humor and existentialist drama. The plot follows the exploits of Harold Chasen, played by Bud Court, a young man who is intrigued with death and who rejects the life his detached mother, played by Vivian Pickles, prescribes for him. Harold develops a friendship and eventually romantic relationship with 79-year-old Maude, played by a brilliant Ruth Gordon, who teaches Harold about the importance of living life to its fullest and the thing is that synopsis doesn't even cover it yeah um so let's i i want to start with a couple questions for you since this was your pick um what is your history with the movie i know you said last time uh sitting, yeah. uh, sitting on the roof of a mustang your sister yeah, this is mom, the first blah 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 this is the first movie that I I actually remember seeing start to finish. I don't remember. Had, I mean, I'm sure I saw movies. Actually, my mom said this morning when I was telling her, telling her that what's a, that's what we were doing, she laughed. She said, yes. She said, God, another mommy dearest story. And I laughed. And she said, she said, I surpre-, you know, she said that was the thing is I couldn't take you to indoor movies because you cussed so much i mean even as like a two-year-old child Mm -hmm. i had a filthy mouth and so she would take me to the drive-in and uh and and this just happened to be when i was six years old i saw it in 1972 um it was at the drive-in it was on the hood of a yellow mustang um and it i really do 
recall the entire film. Um, there's nothing in this film that surprised me. I watched it again today just to remind myself because I've got the you know 50th anniversary DVD and. Mm. And it's uh, it uh, not, everything. Actually, I did catch something new that I'll share with you later. But okay. uh, the movie itself, pretty much start to finish, is something that I love. And, you know, and one of these one of these days, and maybe we can talk about it tonight. Uh, is is one of the things I always think is very interesting is how early movies, those movies we saw when we were kids. I wonder how much they influence either our personalities or our taste mm -hmm. as we get older because this is a very specific i mean there, there there's no doubt about it this is a very unique film oh yeah um and it's a very unique film not just for its time it's a unique film today period yeah this is just not seen and the way it's made the way it's structured mm -hmm. um it has there's there's a lot of uh a lot of things that 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 says this was a first and hal ashby was an extraordinary bizarre i mean one of the things i thought was interesting is in looking at sort of that that genre of auteurs coming out of the 60s into the 70s you know that, that you know you had you had your dennis hopper who was sort of like the the hunter s thompson version of an auteur uh-huh yep and uh, you know that kind of thing. Well, Hal Ashby was the closest thing to you know like the Grateful Dead version of a director. He was a super hippie. He was one of the few directors at the time who was very into flower power. Was very into the counterculture. And most of his films are about outsiders uh, sort of navigating rules that mm -hmm. they just don't they don't agree with and yep. that's really Harold and Maude is, is right on on point with that so yeah I have a, yeah. I have a real fond a fond memory of this movie and I think sort of the uh, the bizarre dark comedy stuff really has really shaped I think in, in a lot of ways it shaped how I saw the world how I respond to the world mm -hmm. and a lot of my taste in film. Well, I think we've touched on that a little bit too with, I mean, you know, I think we talked about it a little bit with Clue, you know, in terms, yeah. in terms of, of uh, you know, how it shapes your taste a little bit, you know, depending on what age you see it, uh, what, what venue you're seeing it in, who you're watching it with, you know, all of those things really, really tap into where we're at now and, you know, how we appreciate what we appreciate now and in hindsight, you know, I like I said, I had never seen this movie ever, and you know, really, oh, oh no, 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 okay, no, no. I thought, okay, no, 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 no. Right. I've never seen this, and and you know, um, oh, that I'm while, fascinated while, to hear what you have to say for the listeners. While Don was talking, I held up uh, Peter Biskin's Easy Riders Raging Bulls novel from, oh God, when was this written? I want, uh, I don't know when it was written, but it was, I think I want to say it was like the '90s, sometime in the '90s. Probably, it was yeah, written, I, I don't know. Let's see here. Published 1998, paperback 99. So this is a, it's almost a 500-page tome covering the years uh, 1967 to 1980, and it's all about the quote-unquote new Hollywood. So you've got Ashby, you've got Coppola, you've got uh, Bogdanovich, Scorsese. Altman, Scorsese, early Spielberg. They don't really touch on Kubrick too much in this book because I think Kubrick was too... Um, he was still really working with the studios as much as he was an independent artist filmmaker he still was working under the studio umbrella by this point so I don't I don't know it's been it's been over a decade since I read the book so I'm not sure if he's really touched on in this but you know it's it's all of those you know 70s guys uh, 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 Hopper and Fonda 
And, you know, it's, yeah. it's all those cats that saw the downfall of the old studio system and decided at, you know, 21, 22, 23 years old, we're the cats that know how to make movies and we know what the people want to see. So we're, we're just going to bust our shit out. And um, it's interesting to me that in this book, um, Harold and Maude is barely a footnote, man. It's like part of one page discussing Hal Ashby. Like it's well, like this the, much of one page discussing Ashby. Part. So go ahead. I'm gonna say part of that is I think part of the reason this is not discussed is this was one of as opposed to things like Easy Rider, which kind of took the world by storm. Mm-hmm. Harold Maud was it didn't even make a profit. It was no, only it a tanked. 13 million dollar movie. Yeah, it, it didn't make a profit profit until 1983 mm-hmm. when they finally determined that it made a profit. And one of the things that that was I only picked. Just so you know, it was originally conceived as a 20-minute film right. by Colin Higgins, who wrote it, who was then a UCLA film student, and it was during the 60s. And one of the things, when it came out, Variety, this is oh, the worst, I yeah. mean, and yeah. everybody hated it, but <laughs> Variety wrote that the film was about as funny as a burning orphanage. Yep. I mean, this was as bad a failure in terms of a film as oh, yeah. you can imagine. And and I think there's a lot of reasons for it, which we'll probably get into. Mm-hmm. However, and maybe it's because I saw it when I was six, that it that you know, I didn't have any preconceived notions about sexuality or age or you know, a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, because I actually don't this is what I think, and I'll tell you, and I'll yeah. I don't think this movie is about the sexual nature of the relationship between a 19 year old and a 79 year old. This no. is about, this is about death yep. and being either comfortable or uncomfortable about the concept of death and, and mortality life and how it all yeah. fits together. Yeah, yeah. This, that's what this is about. Yeah. And, and it's, I think also, quite frankly, it's one of the things that's, and I, you know, it's, it's episodic. It's almost like oh, yeah. a sketch yeah, comedy. It's, it's vignettes I wrote down somewhere. Yeah, because it's, yeah, it's, it's a concept. It's the computer dating survey. Mm-hmm. It's the army talk. Mm-hmm. It's then the follow-up of the army talk where he, you know, gets out of the army by being wildly enthusiastic about murdering people, which reminds me of sort of an homage to Mark Twain's The War Prayer. Okay. Um, which I don't know if you've ever read. No. Mm-hmm. It's Basically, it's basically about a. It's right at the. the I, th- I think he wrote it right before World War One, but I, I don't recall that. But it's basically a preacher entering a church, and the the preacher that's there is is talking about let's let's pray for our our soldiers, and then this other preacher walks in and takes the the pulpit and then prays for the death of our enemies mm-hmm. and the rape and pillage of the land. I mean, it's that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it's definitely got that kind of thing. You got the tree saga, you know, you've got all these things and they're all just little little sketches that just kind of blend into each other. All character sketches. It tells a story, but it's only a week long in terms of real time. Right. Right. You know, right. and and it's 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 I think it's absolutely it's unlike any movie I have ever seen then or since. I I will agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll agree with that. I'll, you know, and I'll just say, you know, having never seen it before, you know, one of my notes was like, you know, I, I feel like I should have gotten into this movie 25 years ago. You know, <laughs> like when I was really doing the deep dives of like the 70s filmmakers, you know, when, when you look at like some of these people's careers, you know, you have the hits, you know. I mean, I, I had already probably seen 
uh, uh, being there 20 years ago, right? 25 years ago. And for ago. those who are, for those who don't know, Hal Ashby directed being there. Correct. So, yeah. you know, and I had already seen, you know, The Godfather, right? But mm-hmm. then you start digging into some of the smaller movies that weren't as famous or weren't as popular at the time or since, in a way. Um, unlike this movie, this movie has obviously found an audience many times over the decades, right? Yeah, it's um, become a cult classic right. in, in its own right. And so, yeah. like, I wrote down, like, I, sh- I feel like I, I should have gotten into this movie 20, 25 years ago. Right now... I get it, but after two and a half viewings, it, it was uh, it, I'll admit, it was it was kind of insufferable. Like, and I don't wow, know, really? I, yeah, yeah, and like, look, I, the performances the performances are, are are great. The filmmaking is great. Uh, the story for me was just uh, you know the vignettes didn't come together enough for me to gel into a story that I really cared about you know i wanted to care about them and i I obviously as people like i do care about harold and maude and um but just as a story it just it didn't gel enough for me you know and i and 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 having read the book and and watched some documentaries about the time period and you know it ashby was huge into hash and huge into pot and you know all the fucking drugs right as a lot of people were back then this movie really felt like it felt disjointed like somebody who was really fucking high. Now, I don't know if the editor was smoked up while, while he was cutting this together with Ash. I'm know. sure he was. I'm sure he was. Um, but that's how it felt to me. It felt very uh, uh, kind of kind of ADD in a way. Um, hmm. Yeah. And, I, and again, like, you know, I had a couple cocktails when I watched it the first time. I made sure to smoke a little pot when I was watching it the second time. Uh, yeah, I just couldn't do it. And then there was a halftime. It's where, interesting. Then there was a halftime where I was just like, yeah, I just got to stop. I just got to, I'm going to go with my notes. Uh, I'll go with my research and how I felt about the movie. And like, I got to stop. Yeah, this is not. One of the things. Yeah, go ahead. One of the things I think that is, and, I, and I, I hear exactly what you're saying. I think one of the things that for a lot of people, it, it works perfectly for me. Mm-hmm. In fact, it works perfectly for me. Uh, is, and and you know, I'm, I'm, Later this week, um, I'm actually going up to St. George College or Dixie College or whatever it's called in Utah and uh, doing a subbing in for a data class and a playwriting class nice. as a as a as a, a you know a guest speaker kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've been thinking about in terms of playwriting, and I think it's it's the same for film, is part of a lot of very popular movie success is creating a character that that is identifiable by most of the audience like somebody that you can say oh that's me in the story Mm -hmm. and one of the difficulties of this movie and i i can say for me i don't identify with anyone in the film Mm -hmm. i don't identify with harold i don't identify with maude i don't identify with his mother or the psychiatrist or i mean these are all very specific points of view characters with and 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 it is a wink i mean i that is absolutely in my opinion on purpose Mm -hmm. he's not creating a story that is easily accessible uh accessible there you go good word um and even to the point where uh if you're not watching, there are two moments that I think are super subtle. Mm-hmm. And 
and I think Ashby had done did this on purpose. Well, I know he did it on purpose because he directed the fucking film. But I don't think these were just throwaways. I think this was a. There's a moment. Do you recall the moment where Harold looks at the camera and, and smiles? Oh yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. That is a. The thing is, that's a huge moment because it lets us, at least for me, mm-hmm. it lets me in on the joke. Sure. Yep. You yep. know. And then the second thing that I think is really interesting is, and as and I haven't watched it. Oh, uh, actually, I take that back. I was going to say I haven't watched it in years. I probably watched it two years ago mm-hmm. when I got the, the DVD or maybe last year when I got the DVD um, because I really do quite love this movie mm-hmm. um, for a lot of reasons. But one of the things I always seem to forget is the fact that Maude is a Holocaust survivor. Mm-hmm. And, there's, you know, and that seems huge after you've seen it. But the moment where he shows you she's a holiday, she never says it. Mm-hmm. It's never spoken about. It is literally a two second. I counted because I backed it up and went, really? That's all it is. Mm-hmm. It's a two second shot of the tattoo on her arm. Right. And it is never, it is never referenced. It's never spoken about. But it adds that simple bit of visual information. Right. So in my mind, it was like when I watched it today, in my mind, that's a huge moment. In the actual film, it's two seconds of film. And and, and then it's not a huge moment. So all that huge moment really comes from me. Mm-hmm. It comes from my my understanding of that situation. And I think that's what a lot of this movie does is it's it's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you an accessible point. I'm mm-hmm. gonna give you these bizarre fucking characters with these weird sort of perspectives and this real strange obsession with death on one side from from uh Harold mm-hmm. and an obsession with death as life from Maud, and I'm going to just back away and show you them and let you come up with your own answers. Well, I like and, that about this. And, and, well, and I, I appreciate the audacity of doing that as a filmmaker, right? I'm giving you, I'm giving you these little cues. I'm giving these these little uh, character moments, bits. Um, either you get into them or you don't. Like that's up to you. Yeah. Like I, I don't give a shit. Like the filmmakers, like I don't, I don't care what you care about. Yeah. Like, I care about it, and this is what I'm showing you, and. Either you dig it or you don't, man. And like, yeah. and it's and that's cool. Like, I, again, so like a lot of these, a lot of these movies that we talk about, you know, like, I, uh, you know, like you said with Clue, it's like you you have your own thing. But like, I obviously understand. Like, there's there's this movie has hit some part of the zeitgeist over the years where you know, I mean, I wrote down at one point, I'm like, this is the proto hipster flick, right? Oh yeah, and like. I get it. And there's a lot of people, a lot of artists that I, I love and respect who dig the shit out of this movie, you included. Okay. So it's like, I have respect for a lot of it. It just, for me, it didn't, it just didn't gel into a complete yeah. enough story for me. You know, um, there are tons of moments that are fucking awesome. I mean, let's talk about that Jaguar hearse. I mean, good Lord. That thing is amazing. See, I love that. that thing is amazing. Well, see, and I also love the fact, uh, Danny and I were talking about this today. I love the fact that, again, and it's a structural, because that's the thing is, I, I don't think it's fair to Ashby to say that it was just sort of randomly hashish that created the, the, the structure, because it ends exactly the way it begins. Yeah. I mean, it's a very clean thing. And what I love about this, for those who haven't watched the movie, and I highly recommend just giving it a shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I love the fact that if you're uninitiated, if you don't know what this is, you haven't read a synopsis, whatever, um, 
the opening scene is ungodly slow. Oh yeah. There's like no sound. There's no music. There's there, there's sound. There's, there's no sound music. effects of there's him walking sound. and stuff. There's, yeah, there's no. Yeah, but yeah, basically, yeah. you don't see his face. You see his hands. Mm-hmm. You see his feet. And it's basically Harold hanging himself. Yeah. And you see him hang himself, and he looks effectively like he's just hung himself. And you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" And then his mother walks in <laughs> and reacts reacts like nothing is happening. Like, oh, yeah, would you yeah, just yeah. would you yeah get ready? Dinner's at eight. Well, you know, and, that's a, well and again, it's a, we we talk about setups a lot on this show, right? And yeah. Like, you know, that's a brilliant setup because I I'm wondering as the audience member, well, Jesus Christ, how many times has he done this? How many yeah, how well, many I, times has he tried to hang himself? Uh, what other suicide yeah. setups has he done? And we will see more throughout the movie. Fifteen. Um, Fifteen. He said know. that was the aggregate. Fifteen. Wow. But what I love is that that's how it starts. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you then you go through the journey. And the journey is a week. She says when she meets him, I'm turning 80 in a week. And and she says that you know that seventy five is just not enough and eighty five is too much and so mm-hmm. she's gonna she she says I'm ending my life in a week, and then you know it just kind of goes by it's just kind of a thing that was said and then you kind of follow this relationship slowly and really slowly oh yeah, um, yeah. evolve over the four, <laughs> course of a week. Um, like a real relationship, because that's a weird that's a weird relationship anyway. So I I and he's a weird character because he doesn't trust authority. They're so both he doesn't quirky, trust authority. It's you know. But in terms of the ending being mirroring the 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 beginning is at the end she dies you know mm-hmm. and you have this really I think quite brilliant montage going between him driving the hearse in the rain mm-hmm. and him slowly coming to grips with the fact that she's in the hospital and she dies yeah. And then and then he runs it you just see the you see the hearse, the Jaguar hearse, just go off a cliff, mm-hmm. freeze for a moment. Mm-hmm. Just for a moment it freezes, and then it smashes. Yep. And so you think, again, you are led to believe he has finally really committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And then it pans up, and he's up on the cliff with a banjo yeah, yeah, yeah. for the first time. He's like really dressed, kind of very hippie, mm. and he kind of dances off to Cat Stevens, right? Which is, I you know, again, it's like it's a gotcha. The you opening know, is a gotcha. Well, the ending is a gotcha, and you kind of win every time, in my opinion. What's interesting about the ending for me is like you know, the first time I watched it, it played the way it plays, like you just said, right? The second time I watched it, I'm really curious. If he killed himself or not. See, and, and that's because the, the whole movie, no me, right? Because the whole movie is about him trying to do it. He had this relationship with a woman who ultimately does pass, right? And so then by the end of the movie, does he fully embrace death as an, like an accepted thing oh. and move on? And so when we see him on the cliff, I think the song is, is it, is it, the, is it sing out, right? The Cat Stevens yeah, song yeah, at the end of the yeah. So I wonder, like, I wonder if that's his soul. His soul is singing out. Like, he's he's finally, he himself is finally free. Oh. See, it's you know. interesting because you just said something that I've never heard anybody say. You think he was trying to commit suicide. Like, the whole time he was trying to commit suicide? Oh, no, 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 no. I think the, I think the majority of the time it was it was about him, it, you know, the, the quote-unquote the cry for help kind of situation. So, right? Oh, I don't think he was so actually... I I don't oh, you think, think he was just crying for help either. He well, he tells the story to mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. He tells the story um, 
basically he tells a story where he says, you know, that when he was a kid, he was doing a science experiment and inadvertently blows the lab up, right? Okay. He not gets knocked down, it's burnt up, and he doesn't know what else to do. He's like, well, I'm mean, it's going to go home. So he goes home. Mother's having a dinner party. He sneaks up the back way and goes up. And the police come by to tell his mother that he's died in a fire. Okay. And he talks about how one hand goes up on her forehead and the other hand hits the banister. And she is so moved. She is so distraught. She is so, for the first time he's ever seen her, show emotion toward him. Okay. And passes out. Okay. So I, I've never interpreted him faking suicide as anything as a cry for help. It's his way of getting, trying to get his mother right. yeah, yeah, to yeah. show okay. him some genuine emotion. Okay. She's yeah, so yeah. facile yeah. and so cardboard in her, you know, in, in her perspective so, and the way she looks at things. She's right. so very bourgeois. Mm-hmm. That is his way of trying to get her to emote. Are you uncomfortable meeting new people? Well, I think that's a yes. Don't you agree, Harold? Should sex education be taught outside the home? Oh, I would say no, wouldn't you, Harold? Yeah, we'll give a D there. Three, should women run for president of the United States? I don't see why not. Absolutely, yes. Do you remember jokes and take pleasure in relating them to others? You don't do that, do you, Harold? No. Absolutely no. Do you often get the feeling that perhaps life isn't worth living? Hmm? What do you think, Harold? A? B? Oh, we'll put down C. Not sure. Hmm. Hmm. Is the subject of sex being overexploited by our mass media? That would have to be yes, wouldn't it? (laughs) Is it difficult for you to accept criticism? No. We'll mark D. Do you sometimes have headaches or backaches after a difficult day? Yes, I do indeed. Do you go to sleep easily? I'd say so. Do you believe in capital punishment for murder? Oh, yes, I do indeed. In your opinion, are social affairs usually a waste of time? Heavens, no. Can God influence our lives? Oh, yes. Absolutely, yes. Does your personal religion or philosophy include a life after death? Oh, yes, indeed. That's absolutely. Did you enjoy life when you were a child? Oh, yes, you were a wonderful baby, Harold. Do you think the sexual revolution has gone too far? It certainly has. Do you find the idea of wife swapping distasteful? I even find the question distasteful. Do you enjoy... Harold, please. Do you have ups and downs without obvious reason? That's you, Harold. And that's why you get the smile when he lights himself on fire and the girl that he's supposed to go on a date with runs out and he kind of looks at the screen, gives us a little smile, and then goes right back to... Harold, I just think it's brilliant. I well, think it's so good. I mean, and but well, I, I, you know, and then apparently there's a story where they were filming a scene, and and Bud Cork just he just kept flipping his mother off the entire. Yeah. She had some big long monologue, and he just sat there doing this. And apparently they cut, and she ran off crying. And Ashby oh, went I'm up sure. to court and was like, "Dude, you cannot. Please, you cannot do that. Like, I know what you're doing, and it worked great." 
but like you cannot do that to the other actors. So like you know, so like it's funny how like some of his method acting bleeds in, you know, to to affect other people's performances more. Like it's interesting. Um, so so by that rationale about the the the. It's not a cry for help. It's not a real suicide attempt. It's really just more of an effort to get emotion out of his mom, care care from his mom. Some yeah, some authentic. Now that he had, him. now that he had, uh, basically a not not just a, a lover but a mother surrogate in a big way. Yeah. Um, is he free of that at the end? And is that why maybe he really does drive off the cliff at the end? Because I do. I wonder, and that's that's what's right. Look, it, it, it's kind of like the end of John Carpenter's The Thing, right? Who gives a shit? It's just a cool ending, right? I don't really See, the care. Thing is, but I find it ultimately be much more hopeful. That's the thing. The, the lesson that I've always gotten, and I've, I always walk away from this film with a similar feeling. Mm-hmm. That's why I've never heard anybody make that. I, I, that's why I think it's fascinating that you saw it and thought, well, maybe he really killed himself. Because to me, maybe eventually Harold would kill himself had he not met Maud. Mm-hmm. But Maud's whole perspective all of her life lessons and that's what i think this movie ultimately is about this is about someone 19 years old meeting someone who has lived the most horrifying of lives mm-hmm. i mean beautiful life but some yeah, of yeah. the most horrifying some of the darkest and shit too. Yeah. Yeah. and yeah. has watched her watched all of her people die yeah. and she still finds joy in the simplest things and no longer gives a shit and there's mm-hmm. something i mean the thing about it is uh, i think I think wisdom and age are not necessarily uh, hand in hand. Yeah. But when you, I think when you see someone older, you know, in, in their 70s, who's pretty chill, mm-hmm. who's pretty relaxed about the world, who doesn't really give a shit, who, you know, then you found that wisdom. Yeah. And she has this, this childlike wisdom that I think he needs probably more than anything else is that he, right. he gives the psychiatrist, he gives him a stone wall. Mm-hmm. You know, he gives him mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. And he gives his his uncle who's in the military sort of at first it's sort of like, what the fuck? And then he and then Oh my he gosh. Just and and I'll face. just I'll just say right now, that dude reminded me of the inspector in Young Frankenstein. Oh. Like hardcore. Oh my God. He's, I mean, short of the put in the arm, the, the, you know, because well, he had no arm. He's got his I know, sleeve. I know. He's got I know. his sleeve. But just that his he delivery, fucking makes salute. His delivery and shit totally reminded me of young, the the inspector and Young Frankenstein. That was really funny. Um, but yeah, no, the wisdom and age. Uh, you know, I, like I spent a lot of time with. Uh, you know, I used to call my my father's father, my my grandpa. I used to call him every Sunday. You know, and he passed away during the pandemic. Um, so like that's been rough. That was a, a phone call every Sunday that I knew, whether it was an hour long or five minutes long. There was that con- yeah. there was that connection to someone who's lived a full life, good, yeah. good and bad, you know. And there was one summer I spent in Michigan with my uh, my mother's father, uh, who's also uh, passed away. Um, you know, we talked about World War II, and you know him going to brothels and this that. But like, it's something about you know. And my grand his his wife, my Grammy, had passed away you know years ago, uh, prior to my visit. But there was something about that opening up, you know. They're just they're just willing to open up to you and, and have those conversations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Share wisdom. Yeah, with you. yeah. And, and whether right. and, and whether it's you know good wisdom or not, like ultimately, who cares? Like sit there and listen to the stories that are being, told, you know. And I, I, yeah. I think and that's I what's, 
cool about this movie. I don't think we. Way. I don't think, and I also think, and then at the time that it was made, we were we were, I think, in a similar time as we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, where where the youngest generation uh, has decided that the oldest generation is just a bunch of shit. Yeah, I did. Yeah, don't. No. And yeah, fucking garbage. and what I what I well what I think is interesting, whether or not they're shit or not, what I think is interesting is this film. Um, at least at the time, where you had the the youngest generation really throwing throwing shade at the older generation, um, this was a film that said uh, that that's not necessarily the case. That that, right. that 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 you can find a real wisdom from an older generation and yeah. learn about not just death but life. And I think yeah. that's why it's so, such an uncomfortable film for people to watch. Oh, it's sure. Not because not because he fucks a seventy nine year old, but because. It which you never see, break. which you never see no. anyway. So yeah. like the big deal, he blows bubbles make, uh, instead not, of smoking yes. a cigarette. Yeah. yeah, I actually thought it was but, a beautiful. Uh, I, I thought, thought it was a beautiful was really the scene. But yeah, okay, good. Yeah, um, uh, there, there is one thing, and it's like I said, nothing makes me more excited than when I discover something mm-hmm. in a film that I've probably seen forty times, and I find something that I missed. Yeah, here's what I missed. Um, it never even occurred to me that the motorcycle cop was Tom Skerritt. Wow. Okay. And yeah. And I watched it, and I went, "Motherfucker, that's Tom Skerritt." Yeah. Because yeah. it's you know. License, lady. I don't have one. I don't believe in them. How long have you been driving, lady? About to forty-five minutes, wouldn't you say, Harold? We were hoping to start sooner, but you see, it's rather hard to find a truck. It's your truck? Uh oh no! I just took it. Uh, yes, I have to pull up my tree. Well, it's not mine, really, but we would like to get it into soil as soon as possible. Yeah, let me get this straight, lady. All right, then, and we'll be off. Nice chatting. And and then I waited for the credits, and he's listed as M. Borman. Do you, you know so the story? I about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh-huh. this this is the story. I looked it up. I, I mean, I just typed. I, what the fuck is that? All right. right. So here's I did, there are two pieces of information, but I think it's really fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> Scarrett Tom Scarrett says he was there when Ashby received the script for Harold and Maude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, da, da, da. It was Scarrett who suggested that Ashby cast Bud Court with whom he'd worked on in Mash. Right. Um, he quote Ashby knew that this movie was way ahead of its time. Scarrett says it wouldn't be a hit right out of the gate, but it would become a cult film. Ashby knew this from that first day, which says to me it was intentional. He knew what he was doing when he made this movie, sure. which I like. Yeah. But then he says it says small, Scarrett's small role in the film as an authoritarian motorcycle policeman came about by accident when a previously cast actor <laughs> broke his leg. Yeah. Scarrett's film credit reads M. Borman. Yep. A Reference to prominent Nazi official Martin Bormann, yeah. whose post World War II whereabouts were still unknown. Quote, I said one day that he probably came out to Oakland and became a motorcycle cop, so that's the way they put it in. Right. That is so fucking funny. It's and so what bizarre. I loved is I never saw that before, I never made that connection, and today yeah. I went, What the fuck is that all about? I never thought oh, of it. Wow. It just okay. never even occurred to me. Yeah. Maybe Tom Skerritt's like up in my head right now because we did Alien, <laughs> Alien so sure, recently. Sure. But I mean, I fucking love that. And the other thing I'll tell you that I think is interesting is Colin Higgins, who wrote the screenplay, mm-hmm. um, he adapted it into a stage play. 
Yeah, I thought I read that and somewhere, played, but I didn't go down that and rabbit it played, hole. Yeah. It played Broadway, and it closed after four performances oh, in I think, February of 1980. I th- it I failed think, on Broadway. I think that's less than Carrie the Musical. To be honest, I think it's it might oh be God. less or wow. Spider Man into the darkness. Now yeah. was it a oh man I forgot about that Broadway that was yeah. that was Julie Tamor I forgot about that and you that too was Julie Tamor yeah Bono oh, right? yeah. oh my God oh yeah yeah Ush wow. Giga Jesus um, whoa um, whoa was it a musical or a straight play I don't know I think yeah. it was a straight play. I bet it was yeah although it, maybe it would have worked as a musical if they got Cat Stevens' songs. Well, and, 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 you know, the know. thing I think is interesting, yeah. what I think is interesting is Cat Stevens was never asked to score another movie. Is that right? Yeah, this is the only movie. Well, that, I think this was by... It was going to be Elton John. Right, right, right. And he, and he was going to play Bud Corp. Uh, the, uh, yeah. He was going to play Harold. Or, Excuse or me. Harold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. But, but uh, they, got, they got Cat Stevens. He wrote the entire score. He wrote two original songs for it. The whole thing's Cat Stevens, except for the classical well, music that's in there. And those two original and songs... Then, God. Were written for this movie. Well, right, but they were like demos. From what I was yeah. reading, when I was reading, he already had like some rough sketch demo ideas for yeah. it, and he was kind of pissed when he when they uh, because the song. He, he said, well, I have these two songs. They're demos. Like, do you want me to flesh them out for you? And, of course, Ashby was like, yeah, do that. I guess he got pissed because when Ruth Gordon does sing out in, oh, in her train God, car, so f- that, yeah. that, it wasn't done yet. Steven mm-hmm. Stevens hadn't or Yusuf whatever, however we want to refer to him yeah, um, yeah, yeah, he, hadn't, yeah. he hadn't fully fleshed the song out yet so when he saw the dailies I think from what I read somewhere oh that's when he fine. saw the dailies he was, he was kind of pissed I mean as as pissed as a stoner hippie as Cat buddy Stevens can get, get. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah I thought, that, I thought that was really man that was a real bummer he did that <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah I, I like I said I think uh I, th- I think Harold Mott has a soft spot in my heart, and sure. I and I, having watched it again today, I I mean I I totally understand why you feel alienated from it in a well, certain way it, and find it and find it less than satisfying. I get that. I, yeah, I, um, I, I, I liked it as much today as I did when I was six. You look for the person who will benefit, and uh, uh, you know, I am the walrus. You know, you'll uh, uh, well, you know what I'm trying to say. I am the walrus. Uh, That's- Fucking bitch. Oh, yeah. I am the walrus. That's ex- Shut the fuck up, Donnie. V.I. Lennon. Vladimir Ilyich Ulyanov. So uh, I picked two, you know, obviously I picked two films, and um, and I don't know what your two films are because uh, you have a different uh, take this week, which is fine. But the first one that I picked is uh, a movie that this influenced, and you make a, you make the right point that it, it it's arguably influenced all of this um, Wes Anderson's Rushmore from 1998, yeah. which is basically a retelling of this. Now, here's the thing, and I maybe, maybe, maybe because I think, I think Twee mm-hmm. is a perfect description of the body of work of Wes Every Anderson. Every single and Wes Anderson say, film, yep. and I can yep. say, and I yep. can say, with the exception, with the exception of uh, the Royal Tannenbaums, mm-hmm. I pretty much can't stand. The body of work. I can't stand Wes Anderson. No, me neither. Um, nope. I, nope. I mean, I understand why other people do. Yep. My wife likes a lot of it. Yeah, I understand. And again, it, I can. But I'm not a fan. No. So you know, so seeing seeing Harold Modest Tweed does not fit for me. Fair I enough. get it for you, but it, it does not fit for me. Yeah. Um, I think Rushmore has a oh, little yeah. bit of that in there. Yeah. Um, Royal Tatumoms is just so goddamn good because the performances are well, so good. Yeah. The rest of it is just sort of it's sort of cute. 
it's sort of smirky, yeah, and winky, yeah, and I don't and I and I don't care for it. No. So, but but no. Rushmore, Rushmore would not exist. No, had Harold. I mean, Jesus, there's Cat Stevens songs in Rushmore for Christ's sake. I, I know. If that's not I, I an know. homage to Harold and Maude, I don't know what is. I mean, well, it's the same storyline. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah I mean, look, uh, you know, when I was uh, watching this, and 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 you know, for the listener, I did not pick two movies this week. It was very difficult. I racked my fucking brain to figure it out, and I just, I didn't. Uh, Rushmore was one that came up because of the body of work of Wes Anderson, like Don just said. There were other filmmakers that directly, instead of films, let's call some other directors out that I don't know would have some of the movies that they've made without Harold and Maude. You've got Wes Anderson. I think P.T. Anderson, with a lot of his introspective work, right? Uh, uh, Magnolia is one of the the biggest one that comes to mind. The, I, and I don't know. I don't know at the time of Harold and Maude. Again, it's been a long time since I've read uh, Easy Riders, Raging Bulls. It's been a long time since I've done the deep dive of 70 movies. Um, I don't know that prior to this movie, there was that introspection. Like, the, the way that it's put on film in Harold and Maude, yeah. I don't know that there was such a, 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 a lens on, on, on that. Uh, milieu. I, I don't know how to phrase it. Yeah, you know. Well, you know, and, and and another thing that I think I think I hadn't thought about Paul Thomas Anderson, but uh, another I think connector to this is, and I also think Sean Gunn. I also think Scorsese to some yeah, degree. Yeah, I wrote that down. I yeah. think, but but one of the things that had not been done a lot. I mean, it had. I think it had been done before, but it had not been in a, a lot. Is the use of music, yeah, yeah, yeah. Image. yeah I wrote, I wrote, um, I wrote that as a Ash- question myself. Yeah, yeah Ash, Ashby, Ashby, yeah. really. I mean, they're not. It's not like they're music videos. No, 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 no. But he utilizes the music to underscore specific visuals that well, can, that forward the story along in a way that most filmmakers were not doing prior to that time. And there was something that I read in 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 in, in one of the one of there there are there are a couple of. Um, uh, what are they called? Oral histories out there. Uh, they're not yeah. great. They're not great, great. And a lot of them are cobbled together from other interviews, including from the book Easy Rider, Rage of Bulls. Um, but um, I think it was the editor. I forget who it was. Maybe Mulvihill, one of the producers. Uh, somebody said they were watching dailies. And like the dailies were boring as hell because it's like long shots of funeral cars and long shots of like Don said the opening of the movie a guy just walking downstairs and this that and the other they were very long takes of nothing and they were uh, MOS which means uh, without sound right so one of them said well we got all of these Cat Stevens like just just please for our sake while we're watching dailies just play one of the songs while we're watching the dailies so that it works out so Again, it's that it's that collaborative environment, right? Where that just kind of ended up coming together and happening in a lot of ways, you know. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know exactly. I don't know what songs they played on what dailies. You know, who knows? Who knows? But yeah. some some spark of of inspiration happened that said, "Well, yeah, fuck it. Let's just play the whole song while this plays well, out how, on the screen because that's, that's awesome." And, and from everything everything I've read about uh, Ashby, that's how he directed. That was sort of his mm-hmm. school. I think uh, he played the music on set. Well, but he was very collaborative. Like everybody oh, that, yeah, had yeah, ideas. Yeah. Yeah, every, you know, there there was a lot of collaboration mm-hmm. that went. He didn't come in with like this singular vision of what he was going to do. He's not he Kubrick. Had, uh, 
No, he's not. He had uh, he had a vision, but it was also very malleable. Right. He, he allowed the actors to kind of play. He allowed the musicians to play. He really, and that's a and that doesn't happen. And actually, I think. That goes to Wes Anderson because mm-hmm. I know he he plays that game a little mm-hmm. bit. Well, um, and I've got I've got another one. I mean, speaking of music video, right? Well, look before you get oh, before you get to this one. Yeah. I, wanna, I, I think the second one that I picked was 1994's Leon the Professional. I know it's one of your favorite films, one of my favorite films. Yeah, not because of anything thematic, other than the fact that it is a coming of age story mm-hmm. where you have a much older character sort of uh, uh, educating a younger character and that younger character finding her feet, finding Mm -hmm. her moment um, and and her ability to kind of live in a world that she didn't create um, against rules that she did not find uh, appropriate for her. Mm -hmm. And so while I, while I, I can't say Leon the professional was, a direct derivative of Harold Maude, but I no, I see and I think that's why we connection. Well, and I, th- I think that's why we changed. I see the connection. Well, and I think that's why we changed this kind of kind of mission statement of ours in terms of like yeah, derivative or not inspired by or uh, similar or character storylines. Similar, you know. Yeah. I, I think in a way. I mean, you bring it up, and I was thinking about it. Um, you know, it, it's almost maybe a reverse Harold and Maude in a way because this young girl is literally teaches him how to read. And become See, yeah. more empowered himself. So, like, the so young that, girl yeah. is helping the older guy. Out. So, it's almost a reverse, in a way, of that. So, yeah. so it's interesting that's interesting to bring that, that up. Yeah. yeah, I thought I, I found that. And so, then you had one more that you wanted to bring up. Well, I mean, but before I do that, I mean, there were a couple of the directors oh. that I think... Spike Jones. Yeah, okay. I yeah. think I think he's directly influenced by Ashby. and, and Oh, I can see movie. the dots. I can see D- the dots connected. D- David O. Russell. Yes, I agree with a hundred percent. You know, so there's those guys. Um, you know, and you've got all of his contemporaries that we mentioned earlier. But you know, I'm going to go. Uh, like I said to you in our notes, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to go a little against the grain. Um, I'm going to say Harold and Maud would not exist without the Graduate. And I would agree with that. Yeah, I just, I just think. I mean, right down the storylines are so similar. The, um, the, the use of music. Um, yeah. The fact that they are basically, I think they're like five years, four or five years apart in terms of uh, release date. I think The Graduate was 60, four, four years. 67. 67. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, four years. Four so, years. you know, I, I really don't think. And now, look, I, I don't know the timeline of where, um, uh, what was his name? Collins? What's, what's his name? The writer? Higgins. 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 Collins Higgins. Higgins. You know, I have to imagine he was in his MFA program at UCLA. When the graduate came out, maybe, maybe you know, it's very possible. I think what's really interesting is the graduate is the Hollywood version of Harold where Mark. Yeah, okay. where where the <laughs> where the much older woman is yeah. super sexy. Well, and 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 in in uh, Harold Mudd, she's not super sexy. In fact, there's this wonderful sequence where. They're all when he decides he tells his mother, I'm gonna marry Maud. <laughs> you have the psychiatrist, you have the military man, and you have the priest all basically say what all the critics said about the movie. <laughs> to the point where the priest remember the priest is like, Your young, firm body <laughs> against her decaying oh skin God. and sagging 
breasts and you know yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. it's watching yeah, yeah. that that actor say buttocks mm-hmm. and have such a hard time <laughs> saying buttocks in reference right. to Ruth Gordon right. is just and it's exactly what all the critics yeah. said about it and yeah. that's I went that was just a fucking brilliant I just thought well, it was brilliant. You know, so. and it's funny, you know, Mary Lynn brought it up because she watched it both times with me. Not the halftime, but the, the other two full times she watched it with me. And she, you know, uh, she didn't she didn't get it either. And and God bless, because I was like, oh, good, I'm not alone because I didn't get it. But um, I get it. We got it. But we didn't get it kind of situation. You didn't anyway, like it. That's anyway. Right. That's okay. Um, um, one of the things she did mention that was, that was uh, you know, quite good and interesting to talk about why is it that Hollywood, uh, not just Hollywood, but, you know, the, the general film going public, we will accept a fucking 50, 60, 70 year old man in a movie with a 20 or 30 year old woman. But we watch Harold and Maude and suddenly that's creepy. So I didn't that's find it gross. creepy at all. No, 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 no. I'm not saying you did. And we but, certainly but didn't. The general that's what public. I said. The general, the general public. public. Why is it such? Why is that such a fucked up thing? I don't get it because I'll be honest with you. I think J- I think Dame Judi Dench is sexy as fuck. I think Helen Mirren is sexy as fuck. I think you Helen Mirren's sexy. So fuck. I think I, Jane D- Judi Dench. I'd love to have dinner with her, but uh, honestly, for the yeah, same whatever, reason that, that I, I but for the same reason I wouldn't fuck Ruth, Ruth Gordon, I probably wouldn't fuck uh, Jane. Judy. <laughs> Fair enough. Helen Mirren I in guess, a heartbeat. But I guess that's the question, right? Like, yeah. why is that so accepted? I mean, well, I, I, I get it, it is, because it's a, I, it's a fucking patriarchy, and we just well, we're told and, and, to well, accept and, and, it, so and, we accept it. And, and quite frankly, I'm not watching movies to see if I would fuck the characters. That's not why I watch a movie. Uh, if, if if and that that if that's the only reason that uh, that there's a, a woman in a movie is so that I can wonder if I uh, how much do I want to fuck her? Right. That's probably not no, a very good movie. No. I don't want to watch that movie. Probably not a very good movie. I, I mean, mean I, Barbed Wire, for instance, is probably one of those movies. Yeah, and it's I, you know, Barbed and Wire I, you is know, not I mean, movie. And I don't have a problem. The thing is, I don't have a problem with a movie that says, hey, you should want to have sex with this person, but... It's just not going to be a good not movie. Why, that's not what... Yeah, it's not going to be a movie of note. No. Um, it's going to be something that goes in the spank bank, right. and there you go. Frankly, you could but have saved not, a couple million dollars and just made a porno instead. So you said this is this because this is not an upcoming movie. No, this it is, is not. I'm, I'm going against. Okay. The, I'm going against. It, Hal you Ashby. Really went, Hal Ashby went against the grain. I'm going against the grain this week. All right. Yeah. So here is your your trailer du jour. I think it's amazing how lucky we are to be in our profession and have uh, movies uh, to remember people with. Films of Hal Ashby have had an enormous effect on most of the great filmmakers that we admire. The winner is Hal Ashby. Ten or eleven features, seven in the seventies, that are just an astonishing string of masterpieces. I want to thank Hal Ashby for your courage. Hal Ashby was obsessed with film. He 
he'd smoke some pot and he would work all night. It's, it's still a little astonishing to me why he hasn't had his due. I mean, that's all we have as filmmakers are our instincts. We have nothing else. In other words, what I feel about something, the only thing I know. The film will tell you what to do. I very much want to see Hal. I yeah. want to see Hal. Yeah, it looks great. A, you know, it's from twenty. Well, I, it's from twenty eighteen. I, I had not seen it. Uh, I have not. I'm going to see it now. Yeah, I, I came across it while I was doing research for Harold and Maude. Um, it's not. You have to pay for it uh, streaming. I'm fine. Uh, I'm totally yeah, yeah. It's on it. Apple. It's on Vudu. It's on uh, Amazon yeah. Prime. Um, it's from Oscilloscope Laboratories, a production company started by Ad Yock from the Beastie Boys. They they do a lot of interesting, cool shit like uh, the Banksy documentary, Exit Through the Gift Shop. Yeah. Um, they yeah, had a basketball really cool. documentary a few years ago that was, oh, gunning for that number one spot from 2008. Okay. If you have not yeah. seen that documentary. That's very good. Holy yeah, very shit, good. that fucking doc is amazing. So, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, and it just, you know, uh, picking up Easy Riders, Raging Bulls again. Um, I rewatched the uh, uh, documentary, the uh, the kid stays in the picture. Yep, that's uh, a great about, documentary about uh, Robert Evans. Yeah, uh, it's Robert amazing. Evans. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, it's 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 hard to talk about some of these '70s filmmakers without talking about the people who were the gatekeepers who gave them <coughs> access to yeah. get their films out. You know, and so like you know, as as buttoned up as as Robert Evans was. He's also a crazy motherfucker who got, got arrested for trying to get medical grade cocaine, you know? So like oh, yeah. it's a real yeah, yeah. interesting time, real interesting people. Um so I want I want to know more about Hal Ashby. Uh, you know, I don't you know, I could I could probably get some books, of course, but this doc looks really dope and and I I look forward to watching it. So check it out. Outstanding. You're going to yeah, of kind of hate my choice. Well, let's just let you it. know. Every night, I dream the same dream. Then, the nightmare begins. I did what I had to do to protect our world. You cannot control everything, Strange. You opened the doorway between universes. And we don't know who or what will walk through it. Wanda, what do you know about the multiverse? Viz had his theories. He believed it was dangerous. He was right. right dr strange and the multiverse <laughs> of madness or madness of multiverse and yes i know i know i know you have nothing but hatred for marvel but god damn it if we're looking if we're talking about trailers for movies that we're really looking forward to god damn i can't wait for this fucking movie well I i'm just gonna chub oh i will say we we cannot use the universal we in this situation. Well, then, well, then you know. <laughs> Here's hey, the thing. You know Look, what? From what I've seen or read about this movie, this is Marvel's foray into 
uh, a more horror-filmed tinged. It's Sam right? Raimi, of course well, it is. And it literally is aping uh, the fucking at the mountains of madness, right? What is the what is Who gives the a shit? Huh? Multiverse of madness. It's literally aping. No, 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 I don't give a shit that it's aping the title, but it's it's cluing you into that this is going to be more of a horror-tinged Vert- oh, you know yeah. what? I, speaking of horror tinged, I, I will join you in a movie theater the day that they make. What is that zombie? There's a zombie universe for Marvel where all of those oh, guys yeah, are. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, will, I, will, what if, I yeah. will drive to Vegas and join you in a movie theater the day they produce that film. That's why right, I, I promise you that right here, right now. It's bound to come. I, it's bound to come. Yeah, because they're going to run out of shit eventually. But. No, Look, they aren't. Are you kidding me? You know, again, I, you know, you and I will well, be long dead before they run out of well, shit, and they're, they're still not, writing it. I hope they're not dead. The comic they books make the are still movie. the the comic books are still being written. No, Look, but uh, yeah. Look, so far I haven't chosen, but you know it's coming. It's fun. Where I'm going to choose a Marvel movie. Yeah. This is the thing I think is so funny is. <laughs> You don't like my weird shit that I choose. Mm-hmm. You don't like Pennies from Heaven. You didn't like uh, Harold Maude. Oh. And you don't like the populist stuff that I love no, either. No, I ride that I ride that middle really well. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure yeah. out where, you know, where <laughs> why are we fucking friends? I don't know, but no, I'm kidding. No, no. No, we no. uh we definitely Look, well and, and you know, we, we joke about shit like this, but like I oh, yeah. Yeah. I can appreciate and we've talked about it, listen to the podcast. I can appreciate elements. I can appreciate filmmakers. I appreciate artists. Sometimes shit just doesn't gel for me. And yeah, and that's okay. And, well, and, that's the and, way, and, that's art. You know, unlike Clue or unlike Pennies from Heaven, like the Marvel shit is just. And I'm gonna keep saying this ad nauseum. It has taken the fuck over, and it's really upsetting to me. And that's and, and, that's, I, I, that's and I just want to point something out about that stance yeah. is you just talked about the filmmakers of the 70s mm-hmm. and the ones you were familiar with mm-hmm. were the ones that took up all the room for the filmmakers that were doing the weird shit that nobody else was watching. So you're just as guilty if you're going to say, I really love The Godfather, but I didn't know anything about Harold Maude, then uh, you are just as hypocritical that's as a, you can well, say, because MCU just is just the popular shit. No, 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 right no, no, no. That's, that's a false, I'm going to call you out on a false equivalency because, all right. because I had seen, I had seen being there, right? I had seen other action movies. I had seen, like George Romero, of course, you know, your introduction is Night of the Living Dead. That's everybody's introduction. Uh, have you seen Martin? His quirky vampire. Yes. Yeah, okay, right? How many people have seen that? I've seen it. So, like, I've seen the movies. I've seen the movies. These Marvel filmmakers, the, the how company, many, the company how many hires, hold on, have hold, you on seen? hold on, the company, How many Marvel com- films have you seen? Hold on. The company hires amazing <laughs> directors, okay? Uh, let's, let's, let's bow at the feet of Jon Favreau who created this entire fucking thing. I love Jon Favreau. I've seen all, Swingers, um, uh, uh, May, like, I love Favreau. Uh, Chef, Chef is one of the fucking best, we will cover Chef at some point. It's one of the best fucking movies. I love that little movie. The fact that they're using these sometimes idiosyncratic filmmakers, I, I respect that. I have, I, have, I have no problem with that. It's the fact that they, you, you, it's your quote. They suck all the air out of the room. You walk into, you walk into a cineplex. There are nine fuck. There are there are nineteen theaters. 
nine of them are playing the same movie. And that, that's, I mean, that's what because bothers me. movies are about making money. But here's my question for yeah. you, and, and I want an honest How many answer. have I seen? Yep. I think I ran down this list a little bit on the Apecast one time. Um, you know... Rough number. Five. Fuck. Uh, five? Maybe Out of 23. Six. Well, so you look, are hardly the expert. You know, oh, you no, 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 no. I do not claim to be an expert. <laughs> that is, you, 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 and David Finn will have that uh, 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 market cornered. I, I do not claim to be an expert on superhero uh, things. I do not claim to be an expert on sports ball things. And I know we both agree on that. Yes, we both agree on that. Yeah. And that is the show. So what's uh, what's coming up? What's your choice for the next yeah, long of I like to watch. You know, again, I was kind of, I was kind of struggling through this a little bit, but you know, in light of his recent passing, um, and because this was not a contentious episode, but uh, let's go with a love fest for the recently uh, departed Ivan Reitman, and let's let's talk about let's talk about Stripes. I I love the shit out of that movie. I know you love the shit out of that movie. Um, yep. Let's talk about it. I, that's that's in uh, yeah. that's and we'll talk up we'll talk about it in two weeks. That's actually one of the essays in my uh, problematic movies of the eighties book that I wrote. Oh, is it really? Yeah, I I was wondering. I hadn't gone back to, to yeah. check that out. Yeah, but, stripes. Okay. okay, stripes was one of one of those. It's highly highly problematic, and yeah. yet I still find it wonderfully enjoyable. Charming, one of my charming, of all and time. funny. Like laugh out loud, funny at moments. Yeah, just never never yeah. ceases to make me laugh. No, and that music, um, the that only, theme song is just like yeah. an earworm. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. All right. So stripes yeah. is next time, and that is I like to watch. Thanks for listening. Please, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a star review, even if it's just one. Throw us uh, a bit of information why you like it or why you don't. Um, if you're listening to Spotify, far out. If you're just listening it off of literateape.com, mm-hmm. uh, know that uh, we are now a non-for-profit 501c3, and we will accept your donation of any kind yes. to help uh, promote uh, what we do and keep uh, keep the lights. And on. all of that and goes, that and all show. of that goes directly to paying the uh, writers uh, that submit and and work for the Literate Ape, which is. Uh, it's a great website if you guys haven't checked it out. It's 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 there's a lot of great reads there, uh, a lot of great writers there. So yeah, please do check them out as well. And uh, rock and roll. Yeah, all right, rock and roll, brother. Love you.